Welcome to Cinebabble, episode 84. I am your host, Ken, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, former Mountie and Canadian wildfire fighter, Clint Jones. Clint Jones, how is it going coughing your way through one of the most insane wildfires to ever breach uh, the continent? There's a little um, secret I have to, you know, say. I'm going to explain something to you right now. Okay. Yeah, there's a big wildfire going on. I may have been involved in starting it. Um, I mean, I wouldn't go looking for evidence. Clint, I wouldn't go looking for gas Cinebabble cans. on and... NSA watch lists. Thank you for that. I haven't been anywhere near Canada. I mean, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now it sounds completely believable. I haven't been anywhere near Canada. I, I was not doing any smoking. I definitely didn't hop the border at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday um, and catch a ride with a some young teenagers. Oh, young teenagers. They gave in me there a ride. Too? They gave me a ride. That's all. Oh, I got in the trunk. They brought me across the border. It's all good. You know how weird it is to look outside in little old Maryland and just see clouds of hazy smoke hanging in the air that you know came from Canada. Mm-hmm. It's it's so bizarre. Like I get how big the world is, and I get how science works, and. Uh, all that kind of stuff. It just, it still boggles my mind as if I'm a little kid. Yeah. I used to be very fond of Canadians, but now this is like really turning a page this, on that. This made you Canadian yeah. racist? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is it when you're just against a culture or against a country? Because it's not a race. It's So it's not racism. What is it? <sighs> it's just being American, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> True words. Clint, what you watching about? <laughs> Well, I I did in true Clint fashion. I stuck to my guns on Criterion, mm-hmm. and the first thing I want to talk about is this movie from uh, 2022. Which, I, when it comes to the end of the year, I'm, I'm making my list for best of. Um, this may be on it. And I'm going to just throw caution to the wind on the 2022 thing. And just since I saw it in 2023, but this movie is called Godland. Mm. And um, this is directed by, okay, this is an Icelandic film. I'm going to try and pronounce this man's name. Why not just give these people's initials? Um, (laughs) Hlyrn Palmason. Hlyrn. Hlyrn. And I'm really sorry because he's a great director. Um, (laughs) I watched another film by him. I think it was called like um, The White, White, White. Um, another, I don't know, Icelandic film. But this is, I'm going to read the the synopsis that they have for it. Um, At the end of the 19th century, a young Danish priest is sent to a remote part of Iceland. The deeper he travels into the unforgiving landscape, the more he loses touch with his own reality, his mission, and his sense of duty. Mm. And it reminded me of that... Um, uh, Marty Scorsese film called mm, the, yeah, the, the Silence. The Marty Sees. Uh, what was it? The Silence um, with... Um, oh, with uh, Andrew Garfield and uh, uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson? Was, was he in it? Liam Neeson? No, it was um, our good friend... Uh, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Liam Neeson was in that. No? No. He was the older priest. Maybe he is. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't know. Um, anyway, it reminded me of that where it's about this priest going to um, evangelize and start a church in this uh, foreign land, and he's not really wanted there. But man, it does such a great job 
at like capturing nature and just like the foreboding like landscape that he's in and like his arrogance of like thinking that he could come to this country and they would just willingly accept what he has to say and he could will like just make it in this kind of hellish nature Mm -hmm. like it's beautiful but like it's unforgiving and he is not welcome there in any sense and it's a very quiet um like somber film and more about just the image and like the director he like he really works from the image (laughs) alone and it, it definitely has a through line and a narrative but like the narrative is kind of set up at the beginning and it's now just watching this priest go through the paces of this landscape and the people that he's coming in contact with and um, just him kind of deteriorating and like um, not losing his faith, but so more so like, like coming to terms with his true arrogance of like thinking that he um, has power in this situation. Mm. Um, okay. And it's so, it's a beautiful film and very okay. well acted for just the minimal. And this is Icelandic, you said? Yeah. And it's on Criterion. Oh. It was just Godland. released in that. Yeah. And it was, I think you might like it. Okay. Um, it was just recently like released and Criterion had, you know, it's, I think it's on Janus Films and okay. they're, they're putting it out. Yeah. Uh, Silence, I just did a little bit of Google magic and it was Liam Neeson, but Adam Driver. That's who I was thinking you were of. trying to think yeah. of. Yeah. Our good so, friend. Yeah. Uh, I actually just got back from the theater. My wife was off today. We went to see a movie and we went to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Mm. And this was incredible. Hmm. Uh, actually significantly better than the first one. Uh, remind me, did you, you enjoyed the first one, correct? Or I didn't really. Really? I, I, okay. And I know everyone was raving wow, about you're that you're the film. outlier on that one. Yeah. And I could not like, I couldn't get into the animation style and that's what everyone was raving about. And I just, yeah. it didn't land with me. Interesting. Uh, this one, this one's definitely worth checking out. It's interesting because in this one, instead of being in one universe where the characters are of different animation styles, this is him uh, hopping into uh, different worlds where the animation style completely changes mm. based on the world that he's in. And so uh, it, it it was gorgeous. It was very, very dark. Um, it, it definitely is a part one. It has kind of an Empire Strikes Back feel. Mm. Um, but it was, it was definitely uh, up there with uh, some of the better animated movies I've seen. And as a superhero flick, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had all the laughs, all the heart, and man, it got dark. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend maybe giving this one a try, but yeah. I don't know if it was the animation style that did it on the first one for you. This one might not win you over. Yeah, there's just something about it that I just cannot grab okay. onto and get into. I don't know. This, and I know everyone loves them. This this was less uh, scattershot. It was still as kinetic. Yeah. But it it really took a lot more time to slow down and uh, and just sometimes literally kind of a paint, uh, I think, a, a more compelling kind of picture. Uh, than the last one, which felt uh, very stylized. Yeah, this one is certainly stylized, but it feels like uh, the the style doesn't get in the way. Yeah, of May- that might have been what it was with just how flashy and mm-hmm. the the kinetic nature of it of it. Like the first thing that came to mind, it almost. <laughs> 
made me think of like watching an MTV logo for an hour yeah. or something where it's yeah. just flashy lights and it, it was. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely, I mean, even from the beginning, there's kind of an extended opening like the first one had, but this is like a 15 minute mini movie and it's, it's very different. It's, mm-hmm. it's much more um, contained. I, I, th- I think that's the thing. This one doesn't jump as much in any given moment. The, mm-hmm. the world uh, is standard because when they go to different worlds or, or different universes, it does change so much yeah. that I think they wanted to keep it more standardized in that world so that visually you could track yeah. when they went somewhere different mm-hmm. what, what the new animation style was or, or things like that. It's it's worth checking out. I thought it was great. Yeah, I'll probably wait till it's on Disney or whatever. Okay. Well, the next thing I watched, Ken, was still in True Clint fashion on <laughs> Criterion. And um, this was a film that I, I'd i been watching interviews with people for other movies I'd watched. And like it kept coming up that people were referring to this film and just ho- holding it in high regards. And it's one that I never saw. And this is from 1970. And this is Five Easy Pieces um, with Jack Nicholson. I've heard of this. Um, yeah. And it's directed by Rob Raffleson. Um, a little bit easier than an Icelandic name. Yes. And I probably still butchered it in some way. <laughs> um, but this is, man, just there. I haven't seen really a lot of Jack Nicholson movies outside of like The Shining. Um, so it was really fun just seeing another film where he's kind of like in his prime and like the top of his game acting. And this is a really nice, just like character piece of him just being this real kind of dirtbag scoundrel of a guy okay. who um he was brought up in this like very well-to-do family and he was um a concert pianist and the whole family is very musical and he kind of at some point in his life kind of rebels against this and he just mm-hmm. wants to have like a blue collar job so he goes and he works uh, at this point in the film or like this time in his life where the movie picks up he's working for this oil refinery mm-hmm. and it's just about him and like his relationships with women and how he's trying to um he doesn't want to like at, at this point also he's his father is ill and he's mm-hmm. contemplating going home to visit and like how that's going to go since he's kind of been so distanced for so many years mm-hmm. but man he is so good in it and there's like if i didn't know this was such of an iconic film that people really hold in high regards after seeing it i would think that about it because there's just these shots and like little scenes that really convey who this guy is and how there's like this duality to him as far as like a personality mm-hmm. like he's he's kind of an awful person and how he um treats his girlfriend and he's like kind of sleeping around behind her back and stuff but also he's highly talented and intelligent but he's just kind of rebelling against that part of his life um but it's really it's a really good just character piece okay. and, and it was really fun viewing it as a prequel to The Shining, as that's his <laughs> character before he gets like okay. with um and has Danny and and okay. uh, his marriage and everything, um, because he's kind of the same kind of guy. Okay. Um, but just minus the ghosts and yeah, it's just like his character's okay. like backstory. Okay. Uh, but in no way is that real. It's just oh, okay. it was it, it wasn't intended. Wasn't that... sure if it was a stated intention. No, no, no. Or... That was just like you could 
see it that way. And yeah. I viewed it that way as like, it's kind of a, a fun, like this fun movie thing. was 11 or 13 years before. It's yeah. really prescient. Yeah. So. No, okay. no, it wasn't intended that way, but okay. it's good. All right. Uh, I started watching on the Disney Plus mm. uh, Secret Invasion, which is the Nick Fury uh, shape-shifting aliens MCU series. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you right now, Clint, uh, you might be surprised, but you would not like this thing. <laughs> uh, I was surprised. I'm not really digging it. Yeah. Uh, it really, really, really wants to be Winter Soldier mm. and kind of strike that same cat and mouse yeah. uh, spy versus spy tone mm-hmm. and it does not it's it's a little all over the place second episode's a little better than the first episode yeah there, there's only four episodes left and i i think um this is another one of those disney plus shows that really show its budget yeah maybe they're saving up for something great mm-hmm. but uh right now it's it's just a bunch of like oh you put three actors in a warehouse and there's always a reason why the scrolls don't look like scrolls and yeah yeah you know, there's there's some more shots in there than I was expecting. The second episode has a de-aging of Nick Fury that looks decent enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know, skip. <laughs> the, the scroll, don't they like shapeshift? Yes. Or like, okay. Yeah. So they yeah. kind of like play with that a lot to hide. Yeah. The... And it's one of those things where camera cuts away. You hear the little, oh, and then it cuts right. back and yeah. now they're in green mask or, yeah. you know, uh, pale face or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's got some decent twists and turns. It's just it's not uh, well executed enough to yeah. really land those punches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the comic nerd side of me is is really enjoying some just little things that pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, this is this is a, a network TV feeling show. Yeah, and uh, I was pretty disappointed because uh, you know, kind of the big promise was this was going to be that that return to like three days of the Condor kind of. Oh, old, right. Uh-huh. Old 70s espionage thriller. And yeah. No. Hmm. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I generally save for these uh, what you watchings about. Um, what you watchings about. What you watchings about. We got to figure out how to pluralize. <sighs> it's just impossible, what I think. What you watchings. 100 episodes, almost 100 episodes in, and we haven't yeah. figured it out. Yeah. So that's, okay. that's a nuts that's a nut we're not going to crack. That's okay. But um okay so there's this is something that I I did not enjoy very much. Okay. And that is the new season of Black Mirror. Ah. Have you watched any of this? I've watched all of this. Great. Let's have a conversation about this <laughs> because it's hot garbage. This is a terrible season of television. All five episodes? I hated every single one. Every single episode. I didn't like a single one. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Even the first one, which was the closest to a Black Mirror episode, mm-hmm. was the weakest Black Mirror episode I'd ever seen. A little too, little too corny campy? Yeah, it was corny okay. campy, and the twist was too late in the game at the end. Saw it coming a mile away. It was, it was just, I didn't even, I wasn't even looking for it, because I was <laughs> so, like, just in, my attention was elsewhere. Michael with, Sarah couldn't even save it for you. <laughs> but that was the closest to it, and- okay. Like a Black Mirror episode. And then like we're going to get into episodes where we're doing werewolves. Yeah. Episode four and five, for those who don't know, uh, just straight horror anthology, not they just totally Black give Mirror up. at they all. They totally give up. Now, if those two episodes would have been Cabinet of Curiosities, would you have enjoyed those two episodes? I, I was saying this to my brother that I think in another context, I would have thought they were fine. Yeah. yeah. Like if they were Cabinet of Curiosities, mm-hmm. I would have been like, those are okay episodes. Yeah. 
Uh, but in this, like this show has such a clear purpose, like yeah. every season up to this point has stayed within the limitations it's set up for itself yeah. and Nothing played supernatural played in the sandbox it's set up. And this, yeah. this season, they were just kind of like, maybe let's not do that anymore. The, 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 the best one, the one I enjoyed the most was the one with Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett. <laughs> this but was my worst. I hated this one. But hold on. Okay. Was it the worst? And did you hate this one because of where it? ended up or like where did it lose you because the very i was beginning, really in, really the very beginning because the whole premise is based you can the whole thing is if it was switched right the robots are in space right people on earth right there would be no consequences to it at all right why did it set it, set it up that way i don't know it's so dumb that is really stupid now that you <laughs> I said that to my brother and his and his girlfriend. I can't and I, believe I missed that. And I said that, and then they were both like, "Oh my gosh!" They, like I, that was the biggest lights on moment for. There's them. not even a line about it, is there? No, it's just like we just we sent like there's just the thing where the robots are on Earth, the people are in space. Why is it that way? Why aren't the robots in space? Well, thanks, Clamp. <laughs> I, it didn't and I, occur to me. And I saw it, it from the beginning, and that's all I could think of. Of you like know, this, well, that's all I can think of. This totally falls apart if you just do it the yeah. opposite way, which yeah. is the logical way to do that. Well, you don't worry. S- it still falls apart, even if you well, watch no, it the old-fashioned way. It totally does. But. I mean, it lo- again lost me at the like a Manson family part of it. But then like – and then the whole – I don't know. It just – I hated that episode. Okay. And but the thing is, like throughout the the season, like it had great actors who were mm-hmm. doing fine, and I enjoyed their performances. But none of the stories were particularly that interesting. Yeah, yeah. Why weren't the robots in space? <laughs> you send the robots into the hazardous condition. Yeah, yeah. And, and you then leave you, the normal people at home. Yeah, and then nobody even knows about the robots. No, nobody knows. They don't even know that's the technology you have and no. can do. Then that could be the whole premise is like they find out. There's got to be a reason. There's 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 not there's, a line. There's there. not a line. There's got to be a line. There's probably not a line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's actually what I was going to talk about too. Was Black Mirror. So this well, you is have a, anything else you want? Like other no, episodes I was going to talk, talk about? about no. Uh, the 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 first episode had me until it started to get corny, and then I figured out where it was going, and it lost me. Uh, the, the second episode didn't say much at all, uh, beyond, uh, like true crime documentaries, think what's behind them. <laughs> and and also like, uh, every, which I appreciate, but. Well, that's another one where if it was on something else, maybe it would have been okay. Yeah. But every single time they're like, tr- like hinting at like a commentary on man, like first technology or something like it's so uninteresting. Like that one was yeah. so uninteresting. And even that one wasn't Black Mirror. That no. was another it was it was essentially at at most a horror anthology. Yeah. Kind of like, entry because that of could have been on like a VHS or whatever. Yeah. One of the, because I mean, I mean, that's the whole premise of that yeah. one, basically. Yeah. The only ones that felt remotely Black Mirror were one and three. Yeah. Uh, and three. Wow. Why weren't the robots in space? As blowing my mind. How is that not all over the internet? It totally falls apart. You might apart. have had an original thought, Clyde. I might like have. Like a, as... a genuine cultural, like, you know how there's no new ideas? You might have just had one because that— I mean, they clearly didn't have it. That cracked my head open. And then I was totally expecting it to go be, uh, by the end, John Malkovich. Yeah. yeah. Where he offs him yeah. and then he just takes over his life. Yeah. And it doesn't do that. No. It, I'm sure that was something where they saw that expectation and then they were playing with it. Which I'm good with, but the direction they no. took felt like a 
a turn too far. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a little especially within that character. <sighs> yeah. Like he it never felt earned that he yeah. got to that point. That episode is almost an hour and a half too. It is. It's a long episode for it to just sort of fizzle. The demon um, one is also like almost an I, hour. And a- I enjoyed the demon one a lot. I think that one would have been great if it was cabinet of the, uh, cabinet of curiosity. It would have been fine. You know, but I don't know. I thought I thought it was better than fine. The I, werewolf one was fine. No, the werewolf one was terrible. It wasn't terrible. It was just fine. It was. I a, don't know. It was a fine werewolf growler. <laughs> but there was no point. Like there was no reason for in Black Mirror to be a, a werewolf. Like episode. I hundred percent agree with you. 100% so that's the only way. Like I know I'm saying out of con- like in a different context, yeah. it would have been fine. Yeah. But in the context of Black Mirror, it was terrible. This this felt much more like if Black Mirror had done a spinoff series that was a horror anthology. Yeah, this is more of what I would have expected. Even even the third one, the the space one, is still really. I mean, Black Mirror has always been kind of horror, but it's never been supernatural. No, um, because so. it's the whole premise of it is. Technology. Like te- yeah. Look out, you guys. Man technology. Versus technology. And especially now in the age of AI generated everything, you would have thought there would have been They didn't do anything with that. Plenty of, of material to use. All right. Well, you know, don't I just, watch Black Mirror, kids. <laughs> or do. I or don't do. know. I'm just saying because I know being I'm been a really big fan of that show from the beginning. And so I was just really let down by the direction they took with it. Yeah. Well, today we are reviewing uh, a little quad of pictures, uh, <laughs> quad of pictures. <laughs> wow. Uh, we are talking about Nicolas Cage as Dracula in Renfield. We're talking about a little indie flick called The Artifice Girl. We're talking about a drama, not a documentary, whoops, how to blow up a pipeline. And then finally, our Cinetron pick uh, starring, uh, what's his head? Uh, See How They Run. What's his name? Um Sam Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. There we go. I Sammy just, Rocks. Sammy Rocks. Uh, so let's start with Renfield. Renfield is a, I don't know, horror action comedy. Yeah. Uh, Renfield, the tortured aide to his narcissistic boss, Dracula, is forced to procure his master's prey and do his every bidding. However, after centuries of servitude, he's ready to see if there's a life outside the shadow of the Prince of Darkness. This stars Nicholas Holt as Renfield, Nicholas Cage as Dracula, Aquafina as, for some reason, best friend Rebecca, or not really best friend, just kind of love interest, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Schwartz as a, a gangster Teddy Lobo, Clint. What'd you what'd you what'd you think of uh, of a uh, Rennie there, Renfield? Uh, this is directed by Chris McKay, who did it the Tomorrow War and sure is. Batman Lego movie. Mm-hmm. I never saw that. Really? No. Well, it was fun. It was but cute. I did see the Tomorrow War. And okay. You also saw Renfield now. I did. I did. <laughs> I can add that one to the... Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. The McKay list. The McKay list. I'm slowly growing. Um, I'm not going to mess around. I didn't Good. like this movie thank at you. all. Oh, thank God. Good. Like the only thing that was slightly amusing was Nicolas Cage's performance. He's and it, having a good time. And he's so sidelined on this film. Yeah. Like it was um it was definitely Ren I mean, it's Renfield's movie, but like I would have loved to have seen it more the two of them mm-hmm. in their relationship and trying to like him trying to navigate that. That yeah. would have been so much more interesting than the direction it takes. Yeah. Um, the whole, also the one thing I kept thinking about is, man, um, 
I, <laughs> I just don't understand like why they gave Renfield these powers. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And like, just for the action, it's I guess. just to I, add the action. I, but it's so silly. I know. It's so silly. I know. Um, I don't know. What did, what did you think of this? I this one lost me as soon as I realized I and and I guess maybe I only saw the first trailer but from from my watching of the trailer I thought it would be Renfield and Dracula are the the kooky characters yeah. and everyone else was going to be fairly just kind of straight-laced and normal and it's about these two, you know, cartoon villains in the middle of this otherwise normal world. Mm-hmm. That's actually not this movie at no. all. In fact, <laughs> there's a whole storyline of cops and robbers or cops and terrible. mobsters. They're far more cartoonish mm-hmm. than anything Nicolas Cage is doing yeah. with Dracula. And it undermines everything he's doing. He is going so deliciously over the top. And mm-hmm. they're having so much fun in some of the the, the codependent narcissism scenes yeah. with Dracula and Renfield. Those are the moments that really work. Uh, the moments where Renfield's, you know, just at a support group or things like that. These, these kind of down to earth. But it's such a small uh, part of it. It's that such I, a small part. And yeah. man, I love Ben Schwartz and mostly uh, yep. everything he does. He is not a gangster. Nope. He is a be- like, is just not who he is. He's nope. a goofy guy and you just can't get away from it. He would have to do some st- like star studded drama that like nope. really gets him out of his shell to like, make yeah. me think otherwise this is john ralphio if he was raised in a mob family yeah yeah and it just uh, it 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 did not work the action honestly did not work no. uh, most of the comedy doesn't work the action feels very stilted the comedy falls very flat yeah it's everything uh, is very bland in yeah. it the another thing i was thinking about was um like every single beat of this that they were trying to pull off is in what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. the um, the series definitely, um, and it's done so much better than anything they attempted at this. Like that is definitely a lo- low budget show, yeah. but even in that, when they have action beats and things, are so much more interesting because they play into that yeah. and it, ha- it gives it character. In this, it just felt like. A trying to be a CG spectacle, but it it um, yeah. doesn't have what it takes to get there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was for some reason expecting more out of this because of from like the trailers were mm-hmm. showing us of Nicholas uh, Cage's performance and and all of that is there. But like like I said, he was so sidelined and like this was not his story. Yeah in the slightest and i was expecting it to be in some way because renfield is so um he's the moon to that planet uh, of a character that you would think he'd be more a part of the story yeah um i don't know yeah no i was i was thoroughly disappointed yeah i i have so little to say about this movie because <laughs> i sort of went in ex- expecting that because i saw how kind of buzz and reviews about it were trending mm. uh which was a surprise after i saw the trailer i was like oh really really want to see that and uh no just never came through never never went uphill it was constantly sliding down i would say i didn't have a problem with aquafina at all because um she's doing what she's given she's fine yeah it's the character yeah. that well, it's i just, had the problem with it's the whole storyline yeah. it's like yeah. why is there a cops and robbers yes. 
um, in the middle of this the story and and the find... most ludicrously ludicrously corrupt police force. Yeah, this is out of yeah. like Judge Dredd or yeah. like a really campy '90s action movie. Yeah, uh, like of a dystopia. It yeah. just because Jenny and I we um, just got through her series um, Nora from Queens, and she's delightful in that, and it's a very fun just like family comedy. And um, then just to see her in this, like she's equally as fine, but it's just everything around her is not not so fine. Not so fine. Not so fine. All right. Our next movie is from last year. It's called The Artifice Girl. Not artificial, but artifice girl. And this is from uh, director Franklin Rich. Uh, he also wrote it and stars in it, I believe. Uh, and it's about uh, two special agents who discover a revolutionary computer program that uses a digital child to catch online predators. I don't want to read much more than that because it gets very spoilery. This is a film uh, divided into three distinct segments and acts, mm -hmm. uh, almost vignettes. Uh, Clint, what did you think of The Artifice Girl? Well, you turned me on to this one. This was a I suggestion because you watched it. I I came away very happy with it. Yeah. So. I um I will say I thought it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. I this okay. I think I was just like the the three segments to me felt disjointed okay. and didn't work as a whole for okay. me. I um also was because this film is so based on dialogue and talking mm -hmm. and these ideas that they're trying to get through just through the conversations that they're having, mm -hmm. I was just kind of bored by that aspect oh. of it. Like I, w I was just like, not that I couldn't follow it and I, w I was fine with what was happening. It was just the direction it took to get across what they were trying to do mm -hmm. just didn't intrigue me as much as I um, okay. was hoping it would. Um, I think also, it started off a little rocky for me it, as far as acting. The acting felt a little, um, it, it, I don't know, just a little bottom tier, hmm. like a very independent film. It, it definitely settles into it as it's going, um, but I, it took me a little while to get used to that aspect of it. I'm surprised because that was actually what caught me uh before anything else was that I bought the acting. I bought oh, the performances. Really? Yeah. I man, we could talk for an hour about why that is that different people pick up on cues and one person could be like, that felt so realistic. And another person it's like that just felt like acting. Yeah. Um because that was that was the thing that mm -hmm. really drew me in is I felt like uh, I believe in these people. This is not uh this is not scripty and acting and, and things like that. Oh yeah it felt scripty and acty to me, especially early on. Okay. And I just was having a hard time grasping at the energy level, the um, main um, detective mm -hmm. she was coming at him with when she is like, I mean, it makes sense as it was going, but like immediately she is at 10 mm -hmm. of like interrogating this guy who she thinks is potentially going to be able to help them in the situation that they're in. But I, so I was just having a hard time where where she was coming from. Um, it settles in and makes more sense as it was going, but mm -hmm. it was just like the my initial reaction was, "Why is this like this? <laughs> Why is this this?" <laughs> okay. But my, my main issue was like the dis, like the three segments okay. because I felt like each segment didn't have enough, and then it like it would jump to the next like time jump, 
and I was settling in, but then it would jump and then it would do the, the same thing. And I, I just felt off kilter by that. <laughs> this, this is for, for me, this was, uh, the black mirror season five okay. that I wanted. Yeah. Uh, this is primer, uh, for AI. Um, this is, um, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I was I was quite taken by it. I knew it was in three separate acts. Maybe that helped. Oh, okay. Uh, or three separate periods of time or pieces of story. I didn't know what those pieces or periods of time were, but mm-hmm. I knew that there were two significant time jumps. Um, maybe I maybe I just knew enough going in that it I changed didn't know my anything about it. On, well, and that yeah. was I told you not to watch. Well, the trailer doesn't tell you anyway. The trailer makes it a, an well, entirely I, different movie. I mean, movie. I had seen the trailer because this was on my list of things to watch, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you had recommended it, I, yeah. I didn't realize they were the same films. Um, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one that uh, got me thinking. It did the thing that Black Mirror is supposed to do, where it's supposed to uh, leave me thinking. It's supposed to... Uh, you know, point in the direction of the possibility or even inevitability of something and just watching people kind of come to terms with this emerging AI. I thought that's why the three time periods didn't feel disjointed uh, because, and and I could even see that between the first two <clears throat> until it does its little kind of, not a twist, but it, it yeah. does a little turn in the middle of the second story uh, where it's it's about this advancing AI. And I found that really interesting, the idea of somebody making something and then losing control of it, but not in your, you know, typical Terminator AI takes over the world kind of way, but in in a more, again, Black Mirror sort of, uh, let's, let's you know, imagine this out uh, to an, an ordinary level that's still remarkable. Uh, but it was, I, I, I don't know, I was, I was pretty taken with it. And uh, surprise, Lance Henriksen. <laughs> uh, who knew? Uh, which was fun watching Bishop from Aliens uh, yeah. talk about AI in a third act. But I think the thing that was throwing me off too from the beginning is the questions it's posing around, you know, the efficacy of the AI and everything mm-hmm. and what they were doing with it. When from the very beginning, it's very clear that the AI is in control. And then by the end, she's st- blaming him for going along with it and putting her in that situation. Did you did you happen to listen to any interviews with the director? No. Okay. It's interesting because there's there's a whole layer there uh and he speaks to it much more with he articulates it much better than I will, but uh he was trying to figure out how to convey generational trauma through a story about AI. Mm. And it's the idea of parents inflicting their own flaws on their children and uh, expectations as you grow up and things that have damaged you, but you're still expected to be a functional adult. And how do you come to terms with being an adult through? Uh, so so all of that is kind of wrapped in there. And I wouldn't have articulated it that way, but I was, I was picking up on that. And that was part of what I was finding interesting mm. uh, was just watching this this child essentially respond to the the expectations of its of its parent figure and going along with those expectations for a while but generally being unhappy with fulfilling those expectations and so you have kind of the child that is is the the doting uh dutiful daughter 
but at the same time, it's making her miserable. And she's not getting any more satisfaction or acclaim from her father figure. It's it's like the better she does at what he made her to do or he expected her to do, the less enamored with her that he is. But from the very beginning, it's very clear, like when in that very first segment that she's the one in charge of like mm-hmm. setting up this whole meeting and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he almost felt out of control and like didn't even mm-hmm. want to do it. But so it, I don't know that that's what was throwing me off with it. It's like, I don't know, hmm. like that, that idea no, does, that. doesn't, doesn't seem to work if she's the one, like, I can understand like in that very, like, if you're going to explore that idea from the, if you're doing it in segments too, like it does from the first segment, it should be setting that kind of in motion. And maybe by the second segment, she's, so I don't know. See, for me, I, I have this creature in my house called Levi. (laughs) And for the longest time, I thought I was raising him Yeah. until about 14. Then I started to think, no, 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 he's in more control than I realized. But then as he hit 15, 16, 17, I realized, oh, no, this kid's been running the show since he was eight. Hmm. I just didn't pick up on it. And so that that kind of you've created this thing and it's taking on a life of its own beyond your power long before you're ready to accept that it's gained its own agency uh, kind of clicked and was was low-key horrifying and traumatic to me. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. That's just, good. Just fine. It's fine for you. <laughs> I think my main issue was a too much talk, not enough show. Oh man. You know what I mean? I see. And I had just watched Transformers Rise of the Beasts, <laughs> if you recall. I, there's a and balance so though. There's, I was all ready for talk. But I think there's a balance. I mean, I feel like that's the thing with Black Mirror, that there's always this balance of trying to make it this pop culture-y kind of thing, but also yeah. explore those ideas. And this one, I feel like even within like Primer, that one um, is a very good balance of the ideas that it's trying to express and also like playing within the the confines, confines of what they can do budget-wise mm-hmm. as far as showing things. And I think, I don't know, that I, that way it worked a little bit better for me. I didn't think it was bad. I just was, I don't know, wasn't taken with it as much as you were. Okay. I I want to watch it again and like double feature it with primer. <laughs> so it just, it reminded me of that same kind of, it's definitely uh, it's in got that, more polish, but. I mean, it's definitely in that vein of filmmaking. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think maybe that was the thing, like as far as primer, primer also like has the, um, the acting is at a, you know, indie level of acting mm-hmm. where in and that film has made it such a low budget. Yeah. Um, that this feels like a higher budget film as far as it looks, but then the acting is, and, and, and the acting, I settled into it. It was fine. Um, once I got the grasp of the tone and the, the and what they were trying to do with it, yeah. but it, the look of it didn't match the, um, the, you know, the dialogue and the, the writing as much as I was hoping it would at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, our next flick is another AR AI head scratcher. It's <laughs> how to blow up a pipeline. Uh, this is not a documentary as I thought going in. I really you thought. You should do a little bit of research. I like, thought I, I hadn't watched a trailer. I just went in. I sat down. I had myself in documentary mind. 
This movie took all of, I don't know, 45 seconds, if like, that. I think there's um, actors on the like yes, the cover for there, it. There is, but <laughs> I wasn't paying. I mean, it's just Lucas Gage, man. I, I it, like he's recognizable once you know who he is, but it just it didn't click. Uh, anyway, uh, here's this fine documentary. I thought, nope. With the climate crisis at a dangerous point of no return, <laughs> a group of brave environmental environmental activists come up with a daring plan to make their voices heard and disrupt an oil pipeline. Uh, this is about homegrown terrorism, uh, environmental terrorism, I guess. Uh, Clint, what'd you think of How to Blow Up a Pipeline? Well, we watched this independently of each other. Yes, we did. So this wasn't another artifice girl where you're like, watch no. this thing, Clint. No. I had had this in my list or of films that I was curious about and interested mm-hmm. in because I um this subject matter is very interesting and um I was really looking for a good just straightforward thriller mm-hmm. and I actually think this pulls that off in kind of like this classic way of a thriller where it's not you know so many films when they say they're a thriller, they're tied into some like kind of comic book lore now. And like, it's some kind of bigger world that they're then exploring the thriller side of it. Like, I love that it was just kind of like a straightforward thriller set around this environmental activists. Um, It feels like a movie based on a true story. It's not, but it it feels like it has a lot of elements from reality. Yeah. uh, Which, which I also was not anticipating, but go on. Okay. Um, and I, I think it delivered on that, that front. I think, um, they did a relatively good job of intertwining while the action of, um, like, um, pulling off this, this mission of theirs, um, intertwining their life story and how they got to this point in their lives to pull off this thing or why Mm -hmm. they want to. Um, so I, I was, I was pretty entertained and in, in, invested in the story and the, um, you know, just what they were all about, what mm-hmm. they were trying to pull off within this world of, you know, like we're <laughs> outside right now, like the entire region that we're in is just very far from Canada. Smoke. It's just smoke. Yeah. And it's, you can yeah. feel it in your lungs and smell it. And so like, I'm surprised there aren't more movies like directly related to that in in this vein, um, I, and I I don't know. I kind of hope there are. <laughs> it was I thought it was good. What did you think? Uh, movies like this depress me. Yeah, uh, this is this is a good version of those movies that depress me. But movies like this depress me, and I don't know why. I, the The closest I can put my finger on is uh, when you have a group of young characters from a disadvantaged region that are struggling to overcome something enormous mm-hmm. that's set against them. I I just, it's very weighty and sad mm-hmm. to me. And I have a very hard time with that because I, I on the one hand want these young characters to succeed. Yeah. But the only methods that are available to them, or maybe the only methods that they choose or whatever else are not things I can support. And so uh, you know, morally in my brain. And so I get in this weird tug of war, not over like whether people would decide these things, but it's just, it's, it's this base conflict of how do I, how do I root for my protagonists when they're 
when they're doing something that's going, but then at the same time, I'm like, yes, but disadvantaged youths and they feel trapped. And I, I and so that, that constant tug back and forth, mm. um, it's very well done. It's, it's well acted. Uh, it's, it's, you know, put together. Uh, it's, it's not for me as thought provoking as I, I think it was trying to be. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was trying to get me to ask some big questions and, <clears throat> Typically, I would just fall on the side of like, don't blow stuff up, kids, <laughs> uh, which, um, you know, it's it's definitely going for a more nuanced kind of examination of decision making. And I, I do like at the end, it it does extend beyond where a normal film would have gone. Mm-hmm. I think a normal film would have ended with the consequences and just that would have been it. Yeah. But this kind of goes on and and kind of examines what happens after consequences are, are kind of dealt out um i i wish it was a little more um i wish that portion was lengthier mm. um because i i actually started my my interest really peaked with that portion but then it, it was almost kind of a coda and then it you know moved on to, to the end of the story yeah i didn't feel like it explored the consequences really at all like i mean it sets up like that there are consequences yeah. and they get caught but it also is more exploring the links that they went to as far as their plan to, you know, even if they're caught, they're still have the upper hand in a way. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get it. Um, I get it. But I think as far as like, as, as far as like the depressing aspect of it, I thought they did a good job of with each character individually not so much like giving them justification for doing it, but just um, going into why they're pushed to this point yeah. and they feel yeah. like this is the next, like this is the logical thing to do. Yeah. And I totally kind of bought into that and was, I was on their side yeah. um, from, from that, that point. I, I even wanted more of, of that side of it where they were going into like, this would have been, a, I think a benefited from, maybe a longer running time or if it was like a series mm-hmm. where each episode really delve into their backstory and their home lives. And, um, that, that would have been more, um, probably really benefited, benefited from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think f- for it being this kind of straightforward environmental mm-hmm. activist thriller, um, I was pretty satisfied with it. It was definitely better. There was a, a similar movie a while back. Uh, with Jesse with, Eisenberg? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I this this was definitely the the better of the two. I thought this one kind really? of explored its material I think better. That one was the better of the two. Really, yeah. Better acted or better conceived? I think all around there was okay. a more there was a lot of subtlety to the filmmaking in that one. Okay. And I think the the tension was good in this film, but that film, man, that that had a lot of built up tension throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the ambiguity of that film a lot okay. more. Like okay. I like that it wasn't. There was a lot of like in that this one I felt very invested in what they were doing, and in that one I felt like there was a lot of gray area that was explored a lot better. All right, yeah. Uh, our final movie is our Cinetron pick. See how they run. This is also from 2022. This stars Sammy Rocks and Shushi Ronan. Shushi, uh, Shushi, Shushi Ronan. 
Uh, that was terrible. From director Tom George uh, and writer Mark Chappell, uh, in 1950s London, plans for a movie version of a smash hit play come to an abrupt halt after a pivotal member of the crew is murdered. When a world-weary inspector and an eager rookie constable take on the case, they find themselves thrown into a puzzling whodunit. Uh, this is definitely not dry and dreary and sad. Clint, what'd you think of See How They Run? So I, I have a little... Um just thought experiment for you. Okay. okay. This I'm is ready. this is what I was picturing while watching this film. I'm ready. So does it involve the words Wes Anderson? I mean, that'll probably come up in okay. our conversation. Go on. But okay. Imagine that like you just you really have a sweet tooth. Okay. And you find this amazing recipe for a cake. Okay. Like it's got it's the it's the perfect recipe that you you're like think will scratch that itch. I follow. You go to the store. <laughs> You buy all the ingredients. You get the best ingredients. I got them semi-sweet chocolate chips. Yeah. I got yeah. it. You I want those it. chocolate chips and a cake. I am. I am with a little bit of brown sugar. <laughs> you get like the- This or, is cookies, man. The, I'm not making a cake. I'm making cookies. Oh, you're making cookies. I'm, I'm making, making a, cookies. I'm making a cake. Listen. Amateur. <laughs> you get the organic eggs. You get okay. like the top shelf all the, icing. the brown shelled eggs. Yeah. You get like um, uh, freshly harvested- uh, flour for, I don't know. Anyway, you put this all together, you bake it the perfect temperature. You even get, you got a new stove for this thing. Does it smell good? It smells so it smells good. Amazing. The whole house smells like incredible. it. Incredible. It smells incredible. Crispy it's brown driving sugar. everyone in the house crazy. Mm, Can't I wait. I am losing my mind. Yeah. Your mouth's watering. It is. It's like it dripping is. down. I'm right there. I'm like flicking the light on out. and off. I'm looking in through the little mm -hmm. window. Can't quite see because it's all polka dotted. Yeah. Yeah. But you mm -hmm. don't want it to not rise. So I don't. yes, I you're don't. not trying to. Yeah. Man, perfection on the way here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you get it out. You, mm -hmm. you're, it's it's. This is not your birthday, but it feels like it. And it even looks the part. Yeah. Mm. You even put some candles it. on it because you're so excited. And In you my cookie, a candle. <laughs> In my cake, there's a candle. Cooking with Clinton candle. Yeah. You get it out. You take that first bite. Mm, wait a minute. Doesn't taste like anything at all. It's flat. It doesn't. There's no flavor. There's in this no cookie. flavor, and you had the best ingredients. I did it was terrible. There's nothing. The it's bland eggs. as hell. Man, that's how I felt about this movie. That was your cake because that was my cookies too. Oh, really? Yeah, this that was 100 this movie. This movie was so boring. <laughs> was so boring. It, and that's the thing. Like it has like the like it's trying to be Wes Anderson. Yeah. It it try it gets like the A list stars. It's got Sam Rockwell and. All and uh, Sher Sher Ronan, Adrian Brody, Adrian Brody. Um, it has a really a good cast of like these British character actors in it. Like, um, the um, Charlie Cooper who plays Dennis, who is there's you, you know, who I'm talking From about Carrie and other things, yeah. Um, he's in the show called This Country, which is mm -hmm. also directed by the uh, or he was a director on that show. Um, the, Tom George directed that show. Anyway, so um, and he's he's funny. He's a really good character, funny actor, and I've seen him in multiple things. But like everyone is so bland in this. This Yo. Sam Rockwell is terrible in this film. His accent is so bland, and it's almost like he knew he can't do a British accent, so he mumbled every single line he had. Um, I I was just like ena so enamored by his performance in lack of. Um, but just like 
the whodunit should be such a captivating, interesting little puzzle box. Little puzzle box mm-hmm. that you're trying. I was not interested at all mm-hmm. in it at all. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I I'm very rarely like on my phone while watching a film, mm-hmm. but this one I was just like, oh, I don't need to be watching this. Yep. What did, did you have any thoughts on this? Uh, no, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I fell asleep three separate <laughs> times in this movie, and I do not fall asleep yeah. in movies. Uh, and and this one, just the sheer blandness of it, mm-hmm. I fell asleep, and I'm like, okay, what was the last thing I remember? And I rewound back. Fell asleep again, and I'm just like, okay, uh, I'll just wait till tomorrow. It's a bad night. Yeah. Started from the beginning. Oh, really? Made it. Not even as far as the second time I fell asleep and fell asleep. <laughs> so it, it's kind of an ACB kind of mm. sleep kind of point thing. Yeah. Uh, it took me four separate little miniature sittings to watch this thing. And the whole time I knew exactly what I was going to say about it. knew exactly what I thought about it. I was so disappointed because I actually watched the trailer and I was just like, this looks like, you know, it's not going to be great, but it looks fun. Just yeah. it looks Wes Anderson light, uh, you know, like a Wes Anderson understudy because uh, it, it definitely has that the attempt at that vibe yeah. to it uh, in the humor style, not so much the cinematography or anything, but just the kind of the the pacing and the cadence of the dialogue. But it just, man, there's no magic. There's no flavor. You're, you're so dead on. Just no flavor there. Yeah. I mean, Wes Anderson definitely has that like kind of deadpan delivery with all his actors, but like the things being delivered are – well-written, very funny, interesting, um, quippy lines yeah. that like play into that delivery style. This, I it, it, like, there was nothing behind that delivery. Yeah. Um, and it almost felt like from character to character, it was like not. For me, it felt like bad improv. Yeah. Like it was on it. Like it was just like it it never followed through and it was not consistent. That's what I was trying to say. But like Sam Rockwell was in that world. But like, was he supposed to be? I was was really surprised by Sam Rockwell. Or was he so sleepy that like he just couldn't be bothered? Sam Rockwell usually finds something to just sink his teeth into and just doesn't let go. And he'll go silly and he'll Mm -hmm. just, you know... Uh, This feels like a movie that what I expected to be saying if it wasn't good was didn't enjoy the movie, but man, Sam Rockwell was a blast. Mm -hmm. Nope. Don't. I don't. Sammy Rocks failed me. (laughs) So we've got Renfield, to which Clint and I say, we've got Artifice Girl, which Clint says is just fine. Yeah. We've got How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which I say is just fine. And, and I then, enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> and, and we got to uh, see how they run, which which we're both like, eh. so spitting it out. This is an exciting episode. Yeah. A lot of, of Cinnababble right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, seriously, for me, go watch Artifice Girl. For Clint, go watch How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I say and, go watch uh, Artifice Girl too. I and okay. I hope you enjoyed it more than I did. For you. Yeah. Right. I, I, but I recognize all the elements are there, and I can yeah. see why you liked it so much. Okay. I just wish I connected. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's spin up Cinetron and see if it can uh, give us something to be happy about next week.
Okay, Ken. It has landed on a movie that I've watched. Okay. I don't believe you have. What movie? And this is called Lemon. Lemon? Yes. And I this don't think is I've heard of this movie. From 2017. Okay. It's got uh, Brett Gelman, Michael Sarah, Judy okay. Greer's in there. Judy Greer's in there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gillian Jacobs is in there. Um, is it Gillian or Jillian? I never know. Well, I'll say Gillian. You call it Jillian. All right. We'll just gift this one. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a comedy. It's okay. a, it's a weird off kilter comedy, and okay. I'm curious to see where you fall on right. it. Lemon, and where can I find this? Is this like Hulu? Is this? It was on Hulu for a okay. long time. It may not be anymore. Right. I'll find it somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere around the it's, streaming if, interwebs. If anything, it's probably like a two dollar rental. Okay. Um, All right. So uh, I know Clint and I, Clint had talked about uh, Bo is Afraid yeah. with Joaquin Phoenix some time ago. Uh, he has talked me into going and sitting down and watching this movie. And so we're going to do a Cinebabble single for our next episode. So uh, you can watch for that one here sometime next week. And uh, we'll we'll see where my brain falls on it. But the fact that Clint is so giddy at wanting me to watch it. <laughs> Uh, semi terrifies me mm. and confuses me all the same. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. It could we'll be see. um, we'll could be just me watching you just could. like fall into depression and could. just could. despair. Is it about like, disadvantaged youths blowing something up? There's a little bit of that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know yeah. that we'll see. Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been Cinebabble episode 84. You can find us uh, at cinebabblecast.com. You can also find us at Cinebabble on Instagram, and you can contact us at either place. Uh, Send us some feedback. I've got some piling up, but it's always good to have more. And uh, otherwise, thanks for listening. Drop us a five-star-y. Yeah, give us a review. Review it up. Just say hi in yeah. the review. It doesn't have to be a lot. I always wondered on YouTube channels when people are like, subscribe, subscribe. Like, why Why haven't people subscribed yet? And now I realize, oh, it's just, it is too, it, it's perfectly fine to listen to an hour plus podcast for absolutely free. Mm-hmm. It's just our audible souls. But to take three and a half seconds to click that fifth star and to write Yelp, too much. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you... Never. Write and subscribe. (laughs) I subscribe to things I want to find again. But do I write reviews? No. No. I'm the exact same human as the rest of you. I'm a hypocrite. It's probably bad that we're admitting that. But if you – come on. Just be a a kind soul and do it for us. I hear you. And maybe tell us, do you have something that we can write and subscribe to for you? Maybe. Maybe we will. Maybe. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna find a podcast and I'm going to recommend it at the beginning of our podcast next time. And uh, people are going to be like, wow, we got to go listen to that. And then I'll say, and then double back and review Cinebabble because wasn't it great? <laughs> didn't it? Didn't that other podcast just make you hungry for Cinebabble? That seems like a lot of work that's unnecessary. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll find a good podcast and then we can be pod brothers. It better be good. I don't want to be recommending garbage on here. I don't want to recommend garbage either, but you know. It almost sounded like you were just going to pick one at random. Well, I can't. (laughs) You know, like there's a lot of kooks out there. You don't know what's going to happen. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go. I will will deliver goods. You're going to like. I swear it, Clint. You're going to recommend some like right wing conspiracy thing. No, no. The next, at the start of the next episode, I will have a podcast 
for you to listen to and for the 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 cinebabblers at home to listen to and then uh maybe that podcast will give us a shout too Ken's recommending Cinevax, the anti-vax <laughs> podcast. Great. Wonder what that's Anti-Cinevax, about. Anti-Cinevax, okay? <laughs> Cinevax, whole other thing, but Cintavax. Cintavax. It's Cintavax. Man, it's a Cintavax. You got to market that one. <laughs> you can trademark that. Somebody will scoop that right up, and I guarantee they live in Texas. All that right, is my uh, gift to them. Thanks, everyone, especially those of you from Texas who listen to Cinebabble. Uh, this at least been... they're not from Canada. <laughs> Hell <laughs> on earth. All people in Canada are just standing there with newspapers, <laughs> waving them, just sending smoke in one giant wave. Clint, thanks so much for talking. Thank you. Peeps, thanks so much for listening. This has been episode 84. We will see you for our Cinebabble single for Bo is Afraid. And I am afraid of what I'm going to see. I'll see you there, Ken. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Bye.